Tech Talk. Tech Talk. With Jess Kelly. With One Sonic. High definition audio noise cancelling headphones designed in Ireland. Visit onesonic.com. This is News Talk. To this week's Tech Talk, Jess Kelly with you here on News Talk. Coming up over the next hour, we'll hear from Viv, the new wearable that works to keep you healthy. John Riley will have his annual gaming gift guide and we'll chat to the head of operations at Syro to find out how you can maximise your home connectivity. As always, you can email the show techtalk at newstalk.com or you'll find me on Twitter at JessKellyNT. Uh, and we're going to start with Viv. This is something I'm quite excited about. I have been testing out their tech for the last number of weeks and it's very much a new approach to fitness and well-being. I've had a small patch on my arm, a sensor in my bed and a watch on my wrist to provide a fuller picture of what's going on with my body. Rorick Bradbury is the CEO and Tony Martin is the head of research at Viv and they both join me now. Uh, you're very welcome to the show. Rorick, I did my best there to explain briefly what it's all about, but would you like to give the official guide to what exactly Viv is? Well, it's a new approach to fitness tracking and health transformation, especially focused at the moment on the need for people to understand and manage weight loss. And it uses a a group of wearables to provide the first kind of 360 picture of health. Lots of data streams and central to that being blood sugar, which which Tony can talk more about. But it, it takes all of these different metrics from wearables brings them into one place to analyze them and then gives you prescriptive advice on how to reach the goals that you have. Okay. Blood sugar, heart rate, uh, uh, sleep scores and factors, all these things, how this all impacts uh, health and and weight loss specifically. Yeah, so we're no uh, strangers to the, the concept of wearing a device to get some sort of insight into what's going on. So whether that is a fitness tracker to tell you how many steps you've walked, how far you've run and so on, right through to the sleep trackers that will tell you, you know, you slept eight hours last night or four hours last night, whatever it is. So, Tony, tell me a little bit about how Viv is different to the wearables that we've been used to. And by that, I mean, you know, the, the wrist-based ones uh, that, that we'd often wear as watches as well as fitness trackers. Metric measure, measuring and gathering devices have been around for a long while. Uh, heart rate being looked at as a snapshot of your health at any one time. How your heart rate recovers and returns with resting numbers, uh, et cetera, et cetera, can indicate to us our relative health vis-a-vis measuring it against heart rate. There's been lots of uh, metric devices out for a while, but what they do is they give you a snapshot in time of just one instant. Doesn't tell you anything about what happened, how you got there, what's going on with your body. And so it leaves you with a lot of misinformation that can be misguided and misinformed and misinterpreted and obfuscatively applied to something to give a wrong message or, or to sell something. So that the whole field is, is, is quite confusing. The language that's used, uh, the, the level of intent with regards to the messages that are out there that are being used and, and fed to, to, through the media to people uh, are, are incredibly um, confusing. So what we've tried to do is, is take the most important aspect of our physiology, which is, which is our relative homeostatic state, and, and look and see what the, the greatest influences are on those, what those mean, what are the impact of the influences, and how to guide yourself through understanding this process to mop an optimized state of health, be that for a performance um, uh, ideal, be it for a weight loss ideal, or be it for well-being, be it for sleep, be it for any aspect of what you do. Uh, and and we, we've basically taken the single most important aspect of that, which is your energy level slash blood glucose level, and, and refined everything around that in terms of one, the impact of what you're doing at an instant and how to work forward to measure the effect and to put something in place to give you the best effect from where you're at. Yeah, I, as I mentioned, I'm intrigued by this because... I've been reviewing wearables, traditional wearables for years. And the point that I often make is that it's no good having all this data on the watch or on the phone unless you know what to do with it. 
and the Viv approach so so I've had a patch on my arm I've been wearing a wristwatch I've had a sensor in my bed and I've had a smart scales and then the data has appeared in a very very simple uh, graph on the app on my phone and I cannot I, I spoke with work uh, last week and I said this to him I cannot get over how everything I consumed whether it was water coffee sugar free my wadi foods anything impacted it and I suddenly realized why I felt crappy why I wasn't sleeping well why I was you know crashing at three o'clock in the day do you see this as a a real um, empowerment tool for consumers to take the data that's being generated and actually do something about it well, we've been running um, ongoing studies for the last five years with this. Uh, I've been working with this for the last five years continuously. So I've had everything that you've just mentioned hooked up to a system and been gathering the data with a cohort of about 21 or two people disjointedly over the five years. So we, we've been looking at the impact of absolutely every single thing you do on, on, on your relative state. What is a good place to be and what is like these are relative terms now, what's a good place to be and what's a not so good place to be, and and how to fashion habits, sleeping patterns, eating patterns, different food macronutrient ratios, like they're like optimizing everything that we can about what we know about what makes us feel, again, relatively good, relatively not so good, and, and channeling that in a way forward that makes you feel exactly Now, the thing with these wearables is you don't know what's going on, Jess, but with this, you know what's going on. It's it's explained rather succinctly and, and very, very simply, and you can see it in real time. And the single most important um, metric that you are is your energy level, because it di- it dictates absolutely everything. Every every impulse, everything we do is fashioned through this. It's it's incredibly important, and it happens without any other of the metrics that we, we pull together. It's hard to ascertain what causes an effect, but when you overlay what we're able to see, pull all the different aspects that we can play, heart rate, temperature, ambient, temperature, so many metrics that were the actual event, then we can precisely tell from what we're pulling from you practically everything you're doing without even seeing. Now, if you can look at this in terms of you have a goal or a plan for yourself, and you want to get there in the best, fastest, quickest, safest, healthiest way possible, then there's nothing to answer this, Jess. This is like we're incredibly blown away with what we've come up with, and we're incredibly blown away with the potential for it in terms of, again, achieving people's goals, whatever those are. Yeah, I I mentioned there about the app and that the data is is displayed in a very clean-to-understand way. But what's also great is little messages pop up saying you know like first thing in the morning for example I get a little message saying don't forget to rehydrate now after your night's sleep Uh, I get little messages saying you should eat soon if I eat something and it causes my blood sugar to go all over the shop I'll get a notification saying that probably wasn't the best meal choice at this time and getting that feedback it does influence your choices and for the first two weeks or so I was almost gamifying myself, you know, trying to keep within the Viv zone, that key sweet spot that you want to be in the entire time. I made better choices. And the big thing for me, more than anything else, was I was sleeping better. And it's such a simple, I know that that you guys have been working on it for years. I know there's a lot of science and tech in the background. But the simplicity of me just getting that type of feedback and feeling better within two weeks is pretty incredible. You must be so proud to see that it is coming to the fore and it is having an impact on people's lives. Well, again, we've been looking now, we, we, we're engaged in um, a 50 core study at the moment and without a total, like, very, very precise direction in terms of diet or lifestyle or, 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 or any aspect of these things, we're seeing some amazing figures coming back. We've seen just staying within the zone giving the nudges that you're getting, the um, average weight loss across the 50 is 5.7 kgs in four weeks. Mm. Now, they, they weren't a, a targeted group. They weren't overweight. They were they were people who were relatively fit. We took a good spectrum of people and, and put them in. And uh, the feedback for, for us, for the usage, the engagement, the compliance, it's just like, it's, it's off the charts. We've not seen anything like it. We've it's, it's surpassed our expectations 
so again, it's 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 again it's the, it's the visualization of these things. It, it's the ability to look at yourself and see things happening on a minute by minute basis, and getting a good handle on what's going on, and getting a good handle on the impact of what you're doing. It, it really allows you to see, you know, what stress is, what stress is in real time, what it means in real time, how it can affect, you know, your energy level, how it can, you know, affect the repatriation of your energy when you go to sleep. Good times for you to eat, you know, times that aren't ideal for you to eat. Uh, it can nudge you towards the patterns, which again, as I said earlier and alluded to earlier, which have to optimize, you know, a, a relative good state or a relative good goal for you, which is again, incredibly personal and which again varies on a day to day basis. What, one thing, thing that um, I, I think uh, is interesting about your, your feedback, Jess, I know you've been obsessively looking at it all the time <laughs> and it is quite a simple interface. But behind the scenes, the mechanics of it are, are quite complicated. And we're taking in a, about um, a quarter million data points per day for each user uh, from these different devices. And the crunching of that and the understanding of it, which then results in a simple interface and a simple push messages coming to you to try this, try that. This wasn't so good. This was good. That there's a lot of mechanics underneath this because we think that people want a simple solution. I think probably most people, um, they have a certain goal and they'd love someone just almost like a coach on their arm, sitting there, guiding them how to get to it. Mm -hmm. um, you're, you're probably you're probably more of an outlier, more techie, more into the, 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 the data mining and the analytics and so on. Um, and we'll provide more explanations about it. For, for users, uh, but we think that the um, that most of the users really want to kind of coach to guide them and tell them prescriptively, hey, do this, do that. Here's how to get where you want to be. Yeah, I think I, I, I definitely do because when we spoke previously, I did say that I am, whether it is in work, when there's elections on, whatever it is, I just love the data. I love seeing what happens. But I've now become attuned to just trying to stay within the Viv zone. So that is the sweet spot where you're trying to be the entire time. And I have found it, it has made more of an impact, I think, on, as I said, my energy levels and my sleep. They're the two big ones for me. And it ha I've noticed a benefit of it within the period that I've been reviewing. And work, I think that is something that it's important to get across because the health market and the fitness tech market is massive. There are so many players who are putting, you know, gorgeous people going for a jog on their posters. And that's fine. And you will get the benefits if you are a gorgeous person going for a jog. But if you're a normal person working anywhere from, you know, eight to 15 hours a day, you probably don't have time to look gorgeous and go for a run. So you need something there to prop you and to, to help you along on your normal day. And, you know, I was talking to Pat Phelan about this, that if you think about a car, you know, you could have a Ferrari, but if you don't put the right type of fuel in, it's not going to work. It's the same. Is that going to be a key part of the messaging when you're shouting about Viv and, and when you're putting it out there for everybody to, to get involved? Uh, yes, yeah, it certainly is. Uh, most people are very unfamiliar with blood sugar as, a, as something that, that powers their body. This is a relatively new area. This is a centerpiece of, of total uh, They're familiar with heart rate and steps and so on. We've, we've had uh, wristwatches and so on for years. Uh, they're not very familiar with blood sugar. They're not an energy system which, which powers them. And so this is a relatively new concept. And I think the fuel metaphor is good because it, it can be qu quite misleading if you use the wrong fuel metaphor or something like that to, to think about how to feed your body. Um, the, the Viv zone is the, is the simple um, articulation we came up with where you, you stay in the zone and that keeps you on track. Mm. I can bring you back in here because as I mentioned, um, having tried it for quite a while and and having noticed the benefits, I w was completely enthr enthralled by it. But it's it's not necessarily a conventional way of gathering data. You know, obviously those who have diabetes, for example, would be very familiar with having the patch in the arm to track their blood sugars and so on. But for the average consumer, you know, in terms of gathering this data to get the benefits of it, they will have to have the device in their arm, won't they? That's something that's a, a slightly different to what we've had before. 
it, it is, but uh, to, to learn really how things work, see, the drive for me was, it, it was learning how energy systems were repatriated. So not to get too technical from a science point of view, you use energy, the notion that you use energy to do something, you'd exercise, exercise needed energy, you'd burn up the energy, and then that energy would have to be replaced. Now, my goal from a training perspective and a performance perspective was to, to look at optimizing the replacement of that energy. To look at that in its minute detail, first of all, you've got, you have to look at the currency of energy, which was your blood glucose level. And that drove everything. When it went down, reactions happened. When it went up, reactions happened. When it went down too low, we needed it. We stimulated hunger or we made blood glucose from substrates that were in our system and we got our blood sugar level back to normal and the whole process of repatriation took place. If it went over, in other words, if you ate too much sugar or, or too many carbohydrates, then the body had to bring it back down, which meant getting it into the different compartments like your liver, your, your, your muscle, et cetera. Now, what most people don't realize is that it's a very, very tightly balanced system people talk about blood sugar but the reality for blood sugar is that you've about four and a half grams of sugar in your blood at any one time so in the six liters of blood that's floating around your system there's only a level teaspoon of sugar in that blood dissolved in that blood that's a tiny amount of sugar now when you start chugging carbohydrates in with gay abandon like you've seen when you've eaten pasta rice potatoes all that there's a lot of pressure in our body one to absorb it you see how your blood sugar level goes through the roof or your energy level goes through the roof. Then it has to come back down again. It's these waves, even in ordinary life, accompanied with the stress, accompanied with everything else in your life, that the body copes with to a certain point. And as we get older, the ability to cope with these things, it, it's not as immediate and it has a far greater impact when we stay out of the zone and in the elevated um, concentrations of, of sugar in our blood. It, it, it can impact our health and it leads to a lot of people being overweight. It leads to a lot of metabolic syndrome. It leads to a lot of issues that really don't become issues till we identify them as being so. And then we start treating them with medication uh, to help our body cope with the pressures of what we, we've done. But once you have an idea of, of what's going on at the start, once you have an idea of, of the science without getting too technical about it or as technical as you want about it, because the app and the access to the points that we have in the app, we go as, as deep as you need to go. Then you can see, say, the advantage of, of eating things at certain times, how it works at certain times, or if you exercise, you can eat a little bit more. If you don't exercise, you eat less. If you eat late, what happens to your, your energy repatriation system when you're asleep? Again, as you were saying, your sleep was better. Look at your blood sugar levels while you slept, Jess, when you were on it for a couple of weeks, when you started cutting out the late eating, you took the advice that, we're, that the, the app was sending you. Everything was nice and level. Everything was nice and calm. That meant that your sleep was deep. You throw in the sugar, it goes up and down. You see peaks and troughs, which are small little energy pulses to get your sugar levels back up, energy levels back up. That leads to a continuous overload of our adrenal systems, leading to a constant state of being burnt out and stressed out. And as you said, you would be fatigued, you crash, you don't know what's going on. With this now, you have the ability to see how you function and to see the cause and effect of the environment you create with your food, your work, your sport, your endeavor. And that gives you an, an incredible ability to pick and choose a path of well-being or a feeling of well-being or, you know, more direction towards your, your, your physical performance goals, your weight loss goals. And what we're seeing and the feedback we're getting, oh my God, it's, 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 it's on a different planet. I never realized that we'd we be getting the feedback we're getting at the minute. It's just incredible for us from, from our point, from a research point of view, data gathering point of view. As Rurik said, quarter of a million data hits a day to come up with the messages that you've been coming up with. There's been a pile of work done behind this with, with, with uh, Rurik and the, the, the team of developers. And likewise, on our side, collating all the statistical analysis from the data we're getting uh, to drive what we've given you to produce the messages we're producing. I, I could also add, actually, on the devices that we use, the uh, the disc which uh, measures blood sugar uh, what what we see happening and there's there are about 15 different scientific ventures and approaches to, to doing this uh, in play at the moment but it will become a, a non-invasive system in the next couple of years and so that's what uh, that's what Viv is looking to it'll become even easier to um, to put these wearables on um, 
over time the system will get more and more slick and simple for users, fewer devices tracking the same wide data set. But we see the, the watch as having um, blood glucose um, in the next couple of years or so, which would make it uh, more, more mm. like other wearables today. I meet tech entrepreneurs all the time. I meet people behind companies who promise loads of things. And when I sat down initially and spoke to the team at Viv, they said, you will feel better, you'll have better sleep, all this. And I was a bit sceptical because that's me. But I honestly can say with my hand on my heart, it has delivered. And for such a small piece of technology, for such a simple idea, and I know, again, there's huge tech in the background, for me to feel as good as I do now as a result of it, I think is testament as anybody could give to a piece of technology or, you know, a suite of technology uh, that you can just read then on your phone yourself. Yes, I think in the background, uh, people who are ultra busy and, uh, you know, I, I would imagine that you're probably more on the 15 hour day side of the spectrum, <laughs> um, given how, how much you do. So people who are ultra busy having um, in the background, you know, in the natural course of a day, they would probably look at Viv and they'd see wild swings in blood sugar because, you know, it's it's already 2.30, you didn't have time for lunch yet, I'll, I'll get something quickly, and then you're know, rushing on to the next thing and so on. So this is, a, is something that's very illuminating to people that when they first see it, that, that, that a lot of the, uh, the stress during the day or the lack of rest during the night mm. correlates very much to these changing levels which are invisible otherwise. Yeah. Work in terms of um, availability and, you know, people listening to this now will probably want to get their hands on one. Talk to me a little bit about the availability and then the pricing of it as well. At the moment, uh, it's available on a, a limited basis that you can apply at the website, which is viv.co. And uh, then what comes with it is a three-month program. And the first wave is mainly targeted at people who have a weight loss goal and then expands into to wider groups, um, such as you've been testing with uh, energy levels and so on after that but it's a three-month program it is uh, 1800 euros uh, which includes all the hardware the software and also a custom diet training program um, and it's essentially a kind of full service concierge program ultra high-tech weight loss mm -hmm. um, process for, for this three months yeah so as i said it's I found it really interesting. The big thing, and Tony alluded to, to it there a few minutes ago, is that it's a form of preventative healthcare, isn't it? It's trying to just keep you feeling good, feeling healthy, and on top of issues and preventing issues that could arise down the track, whether that is, you know, getting run down because you're not sleeping well or you're not eating well or something more serious and more sinister that could crop up as the years go by. Um, and I, I honestly just think it's a brilliant innovation and I'm very, very excited to see what you guys do next. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us here on News Talk. Thank you very much, Jess, for the time. Thank you. That was Rorick Bradbury, the CEO, and Tony Martin, the head of research at Viv. Coming up next here on News Talk, we'll hear how you can make more of your home broadband. Tech Talk, Tech on News Talk. With One Sonic. High-definition audio noise-cancelling headphones designed in Ireland. Visit onesonic.com. Welcome back to Tech Talk. This is Jess Kelly with you here on News Talk. If you've been listening to me on News Talk for the last number of years, you'll know that I often harp on about connectivity. Uh, we've covered the National Broadband Plan quite extensively in the last 18 months, 20 months now. Uh, myself and Pat Kenny pretty much every Tuesday have been answering questions on how you can make more of your signal and your connectivity at home. And we're going to delve a little bit deeper into that issue right now with Kean O'Mahony, who's the head of operations at CSIRO. And Kean, I'm delighted to have you on the show because we don't necessarily explain all of the terminology that we're discussing when we talk about issues uh, relating to connectivity. We don't always go in depth and explain the different options when it comes to improving the signal that you have. So I'm going to sort of get you to do that now, if you don't mind. And I I'm going to give you the first big task of explaining the differences between the types of connectivity. So we often hear the term 
fibre to the cabinet, fibre to the home and satellite broadband. So could you just explain the, the distinctions between each of those, please? Sure, I'll, I'll do my best. Um, they're slightly different flavours of the same thing, of, of connecting a customer's um, service back to the internet one way or the other. I, I think the key differences really are, are what's available in your area. So, so to take each one of them to task, a fibre to the cabinet connection means that most of the feeder and distribution is of a fiber nature, um, which is great. So that's that's really good uh, backbone to it. But the last piece that comes into the customer's home then becomes copper. So it's fiber to the curb. And then that last piece. So it throttles it a little bit. It's, it's, it's really good. It's better than a pure copper connection, but it does still have that issue in that last kind of in, in a housing estate or, or um, kind of typically the copper would be grouped across a number of houses so you can get contention, uh, which is just a number of services using that same piece of cable at the same time. And that causes issues with speeds, with, with experience ultimately in the user's home. Um, satellite is a fantastic solution where the other options aren't available. So islands or uh, just particularly remote locations, which we have plenty of across this, this small island of ours. Um, and it's a good alternative, but it does have issues because it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a point to point service. And it just means that you're very dependent on the weather being clear, on the position of the satellite being just so, on uh, your receiver being angled correctly and not too many other people using the same signal at the same time. And so if, it's, if you have no other alternative, then satellite is a great option. And that is, that is the case for many of your listeners and many people around the country. Mm. Um, and so the, the absolute gold standard is 100% fibre to the home. And that's been tried and tested at a European level now. And that is what, what the, the path that Ireland is taking, um, we which we can see. And that just means... Sorry, Jessica. No, no, no. Just it, we like we've been talking, particularly here on News Talk, for the last number of years about the rollout of the national broadband plan, the importance of a strong, consistent connection, and as I said at the top, that the last year or so, people have really understood why that's so important. But it is important to acknowledge that just because fibre is in your area doesn't necessarily mean you can get those incredible speeds to your home because of what you just explained there, those kind of copper wires that are still trying to bring the connection into the individual houses. Yeah, correct, correct. So there's two slightly different things there. So there's the the fibre to the cabinet piece of where it's available, but also some instances... Uh, 100% fibre to the premise may be available in your area, but not to your specific house. So that can just be because we're, we're bu- building a physical infrastructure and we can hit impediments that mean that certain parts of a town get picked up more than others. Um, and so it is, is difficult for a consumer to sit there and understand what is available for me. And really the best thing I can say is that if you, if you speak to different retailers, they will give you a bit of a, a good understanding and you'll know based on the speeds, essentially, if you're being offered a hundred meg product, then it's like, and that's the highest speed option that's available to you, then it's likely that you're being offered a, an FTDC uh, fiber to the cabinet product. If you're being offered a maximum speed of a thousand megabytes, then it's likely that's a hundred percent fiber. And, and now with Cyro recently launching a two gig product, and um, you'll start to see more and more retailers now adapt to that and, and Look, whether that's required or needed at the moment, it's some people are just very future orientated. They might be into their gaming or, or uh, have lots of devices in the home that are streaming high quant- uh, like high quality content. Um, and so that two gig product is now something that's, that's available, but that's only over fiber. Mm-hmm. There's no way that that would be possible over FTTC. So it's I appreciate it. it's a bit difficult for consumers to try and unpack all of this and understand what's best for me. And how do I get the best out of it? Because there's two elements to it. There's what's available, but then how do I use it? And um, sorry, go on. Yeah, no, that that's exactly one of the the big frustrations, I suppose, that consumers may have because we've all seen the uh, the signs, whether they're on the side of buses or bus stops or even um, ads on the radio of providers saying that they can offer up to certain speeds. People then go on and they sign up to packages. But maybe then they're frustrated because they're not actually getting those speeds. Before we talk through what people can do to optimise what they do get, 
how do they go about finding out what speeds they're currently getting? So, the, uh, well, there's a simple website called speedtest.net um, that will do a, what's called a ping test from whatever your service is. And you can do that from your mobile phone, from a laptop, from any of the devices in your house. And that will just give you a good understanding of exactly the speeds, both upload and download that you're receiving that day. A key thing to note about that, though, is that it's dependent on the age of the device, the number of other devices on that network, the distance from the router and all those good things. So, you know, try and give yourself the best chance of success with it, you know, mm -hmm. like set it up for yourself so that you're as successful as possible with it by, by being close to the router, by using the newest device in the house. And you'll get a bit of a sense as to, to what's available. Um, but that that for the package that they're currently on, speedtest.net is a very simple, free way of of understanding exactly what 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 speed you're getting at that moment in time um, you mentioned there just okay. sorry but you mentioned there just about the um the, the the hardware that they're using to do the speed test how important is it that you have a, an updated or a newer modem or router because if, if someone is on a plan and if they haven't changed their modem or router for years and years and years does that have any impact at all yeah, if it's years and years and years, absolutely it will. I mean, the technology has evolved and they should um, try and make sure that that what they've got there's, but you wouldn't, I mean, a retailer wouldn't now connect a customer to a fiber um, broadband product and, and be providing a router that is a number of years out of date because they, they would know themselves that that would lead to more customer experience issues, which would then just lead to more inbound calls to the retailers. And um, if they have been on the same package for a long time, yeah, absolutely. It's something that they should look at and, and try and, and update it but you can call the retailers they'll typically do it for you you know they will typically send you out a more up-to-date modem if, if there's a customer experience issue in the home um, and that's a good point Jess because a lot of customers out there probably have been on the same package I mean mm. there's a reason that there are there are aggregate companies there that are recommending switching on a regular basis across all the utilities in, in, in our houses because again a lot of your listeners probably haven't thought to change their broadband for many years um, and and no different to any other utility it, it, it's good competitive practice for to get the lowest price and the best product to test what else is out there and so they definitely should and, and the hardware is a key component of it both provided by the retailer and also within the home and just understanding the devices that you're using and um, to make sure i have old ipads in, in the house that i wouldn't try and do a speed test on because i know that they're so old but I'm in the industry. Mm -hmm. Somebody else that wouldn't be uh, as, as familiar with that may just pick up the closest device to hand. But like I said earlier, try and give it the best chance of success and pick whatever's the newest device. And and, um, and that'll give you a good read as to, as to what it is. Yeah, my dad is actually a telecoms engineer. And during the pandemic, when people were calling him because obviously they were working from home and they, they were experiencing issues, he found that sometimes people were trying to work from laptops that were, say, seven or eight years old. And although they had good connection, just whatever the device, the, the issue was with the device rather than the, their internet performance, it still shouldn't have been that bad. But it is something to consider, you know, as you said there, the technology has improved immensely over the last uh, number of years. So that the, the newer the device, obviously, the more you'll get from it. In terms of speeds and so on, something that a lot of people get hung up on is, you know, I, I want to be able to watch 4K Netflix or I want to be able to download a game for my new PS5 in the shortest time possible because if you're on a rubbish connection, it could quite literally take a full day. Is there a guide as to what speeds you need to be getting to avail of some of those streaming and downloading services? Yeah, sure. So I think Netflix um, indicate that six meg is the minimum that you require to stream their content, but that wouldn't be the 4K. That would be just the lowest resolution, just about enough to make it work, um, which is a really low bandwidth. I mean, it, it uh, but it was the average in Ireland about five or six years ago was six meg. That's how fast we've come along. And now it, we've, I mean, the thousand megabyte product on Syro is the, is the most uh, commonly sold, right? It's the, it's the biggest cohort of our customers are on a thousand meg which just kind of, again, to, to four or five years ago, we were in a very different space. And since Syro has kind of moved that fiber discussion forward by being the first uh, provider in the telecommunications market in the last number of years, and now AIR has followed and now NBI is starting to get set up, it, it means that people have more choice and that there is greater bandwidth. But um, in terms of a guide for different different services, it's it, six is where it starts with Netflix. Um, but if you but that's per device mm -hmm. and as a lot of homes i have a, a 
kids at home now that are starting to want to watch their cartoons and stuff like that. And so you start to find that that and I have nieces and nephews that are teenagers and stuff, and there's multiple devices in each home. Mm. And it's not just the six meg. They want to kind of stream higher content YouTube videos where they're watching gamers and all this kind of stuff. Like the, the, the content that that next generation coming through, and I really feel my age here talking about the next generation already, <laughs> but that's that's the reality of it. They mm -hmm. do want to, they, they have a different expectation of, of um of the bandwidth requirements and for their own uses and the and the experience that they're trying to get, but uh, mm -hmm. I think as as consumers kind of um become more aware, as we kind of spoke about at the top of the conversation of of their their own needs for their working from home requirements or it's just their family entertainment and um, understanding what's available, but also how best to utilize what's there is is of critical importance because you can you're not going to move home for it. So whatever in whatever options are available in your house, it's really important to try and get the most out of it, I think, is, is the key message. Yeah. And I think this is something that we get these questions a lot on the Pat Kenny show when I'm on every Tuesday about, you know, I know that I can get good speeds to the house, but when I'm upstairs in the bedroom towards the back of the house, I'm not getting it. And I know people sort of roll their eyes when I say things like, you know, don't have your modem placed next to the microwave, for example. It, modem and, and router placement, it is it is something that can massively impact the speeds that you're getting and the connection that you're getting around your home as well, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, it comes back to a core difference between fibre to the curb and, and, and fibre to the home. So in fibre to the curb, you've got contention. So different speeds at different times of the day, depending on how many people use it. It just doesn't happen with fibre to the home. It's 100% at that speed because you've got a, a, a better connection. You've got fibre all the way in. Whenever we do an installation, we do a hardwired speed test to demonstrate to the customer exactly the speed that they've got, dependent on the package that they've bought. So if they've bought a thousand megabytes, they get a speed test on a laptop by one of our installation engineers showing that speed there and then. We won't leave the doorstep without that. Beyond that, then, we'll connect up to two devices to, the, to that network, and we'll give a little bit of education about where best to place that modem. And so just for your listeners, a few simple things, as you said, not near a microwave. The, the signals don't play well together, but as close to the center of your house as possible. Because it's a, it, it, you don't, if like anything, it's, the more central it is, then the less opportunity the less opportunity you have of creating a black spot on a far corner of the house. The reason that you're not getting it in that back bedroom is just the distance to the modem, most likely. So if you have that moved to a more central point, you'll probably resolve an awful lot of that. The other things are really obvious. Try and get it not under the stairs. Don't cover it with jackets. Don't put photo frames around it. Do, and I see these things in my family uh, members' homes and stuff like that. They do all of these bad things. And you would think they would know better, Jess, but they don't. <laughs> they um, they they uh, almost put the modem in the worst position to give it no chance of success. Yeah. And I think it's a really easy thing. It's because you you have the service that you have, so try and get the most out of it. Try and set it up to succeed by putting it a central, by not not cluttering it with other things, um, and trying to put it up at a, at a height. If you have a shelf, that's ideal because mm -hmm. then it just circulates the signal a little bit better, especially for upstairs. Um, and I and, and that's a really key piece. But um, Yeah, I think sometimes people yeah. hide them because they're ugly looking. For the, for the most part, they are quite ugly and there's a lot of cables and all the rest. And I understand that. But what I often say to people is, Think of it like when you're trying to make a mobile phone call and you don't have signal. What do you do? You move to the window to try and get closer to that signal. So if you think of your modem like that, that all the devices that you're trying to use need to be close. They need to almost, you know, be in a straight line, whether that is, you know, through a, a floor of your stairs or whatever. Just try and have it in a centralised place that is open so that the signal can bounce around. Um, another thing, and I mentioned earlier that my dad is a telecoms engineer as well. And so one of the things that he has noticed uh, growing massively in popularity is uh, Wi-Fi mesh systems. So can you just explain how they work? And, you know, they won't work for everyone because, again, as you mentioned, if you don't have a strong enough signal coming into the house, you're not really going to be able to bounce it around to other places as well. Yeah, and it's it's um it's kind of an emerging technology with this to try and better utilize the signal you have. But you've hit the nail on the head. It's not a panacea. It's not going to fix every every Wi-Fi issue because some houses in Ireland are built with very thick walls, and it can uh, also the fallback insulation that was a very common building uh, material 
also can displace the the effectiveness of of those those devices but the simple premise of it is that if you plug something in somewhere else in your house it will speak to your modem and essentially repeat the signal such that you can expand the the footprint of your wi-fi network that's it in a nutshell it does work in some instances and and it, it but it they can be tricky things because they're trying to speak to the radio signals in your phone or your devices and they're clever in themselves and so apple iphones will almost have the, the little radio signals on the top of the phone will try and repoint themselves to speak back to the router at times. And so they can be kind of funny to, to work with if you, if you um, in some instances, they, I've seen them work a dream for sure. And some people live absolutely swear by them. Um, and I've also seen them just be, be a little bit more difficult than, than they're worth. But a lot of the retailers now are bringing out products. And the, the key difference with the products that they're bringing out is that they're proactively monitored by a, a kind of a, a cloud-based um, diagnostic solution, that that is really clever. And what that means is that as the phones are trying to outsmart the mesh extender and trying to go back to the base station, these new technologies now are speaking to the phone and saying, just relax, it's all, we, we're, we all know what's going on here. And there's a little bit more cohesion to it. And so the customer ends up with a better experience. And so I think that, that what the retailers are bringing to the, to the market at the moment is, is what it should be whereas up till recently it's kind of been well buy this box out of your local it provider i don't want to name check but um and and hope for the best whereas now that diagnostics piece is really key and and further than where there's a problem and the customer has an issue there's a dedicated contact center for them to call through and speak more that kind of more technical language to understand why that wi-fi black spot is happening and to try and resolve it and um, so there's there's you can see the retailers are getting much more customer experience focused they now understand it's not good enough just to deliver a service it's really got to work inside the house which is very much what where that ethos of that mesh technology is that that, that what that's trying to do is to ensure that in all corners of the home the experience is the same mm-hmm. it's strong it's good it's consistent across the devices everything and that principle is now kind of with, with these more um well thought through executions of, of, of them i think that the customer experience is going to really improve um, and it's great to see the retailers leading that charge and, and there's a number of them that are offering uh, such enhancement wi-fi enhancement products and um, and i think that's good for the consumer that's good for the experience at home and as you said through covid people have got so aware of the of the quality of broadband and if your mortgage depends on your ability to work from home then of course they are mm. they're really and we've seen that with our with our customers that they're they seek out Syro now. They really understand the difference between 100% fiber and, and otherwise. And our cancellation rates have dropped, and our order strength has been really good the, the whole way through the pandemic because people understand if they if if the, it is available, then that's what they want because they they um yeah it's just that they're ultimately what they needed for is so much more important now. It's less just well I'd like to be able to watch this standard of Netflix it's now we're like I need to be able to conference call consistently without having to apologize to 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 people on that that kind of experience that that was very commonplace up to a few years ago yeah I think you know I, I sometimes get annoyed when people do say that you know the only reason 5G or even two gig um, connections would be would be needed is so that people can watch the 4K or 8K Netflix or whatever it is. But that's genuinely not the case. And I think we were going to see this reliance on connectivity come down the track. I thought it might happen in five years, but given the pandemic, we all got pushed into it. And now it's more important than ever. I should say, if you want to go online and find out what operators are in your area and what you could get, uh, Comreg have a brilliant facility on their website. So if you just go to comreg.ie and put in your air code, you'll get to see the different providers in your area. And then you'll also be able to shop around in terms of your provider too. So that is definitely worthwhile. Um, In terms of looking to the future... We've heard a lot about 5G. Um, you got, you, you've mentioned the new um, Syro 2 uh, gig connection, which is incredible. Do you think that fibre is future-proofed? I know that we're building the National Broadband Plan with it, so fingers crossed it is. But is it going to be able to continue to deliver those high speeds as we continue to demand much more from our connections? Yeah, so... Uh... From, is, is fiber the gold standard? 100%. Absolutely. It, it, it is, if it is available to you, 
then it is the most future-proof solution um, for lots of different reasons from, a op optical, from an optical engineering perspective, but most importantly, from a consistency perspective, it, it is the absolute best. 5G is a really important role to play in, in our economy, in our society, and what it can deliver. And um, because there will always be elements of the country that, that fiber is just not available. And, and the, I think as well, we mix the two sometimes, like 5G is, is in its essence, a mobile solution. So it's meant to help people as they move around through metropolitan regions. And it can be a solution in extremely rural areas. And that's really for the MBI to resolve. And, and, and as you know, that they are set up to be a fixed broadband provider and whether they de de decide to change that or not is, is, is a, not a conversation for me. But I think that the important piece to, to, for your listeners is that if fiber is available, is it the best option and solution unequivocally? And it's it's priced extremely keenly from the retailers, so it's not like I'm advocating a Rolls-Royce solution. It is just a a better technology that will future-proof the home. And because the speeds that are available today, even if you don't take a gig, if you take a half, 500 meg or 150, ultimately that fiber line will always be available in your home once it's been initially ordered. And 10, 15 years from now, you will be able to put 10 gig down it when that demand is there. Mm. That's insane to talk about 10 gig now, but that's the essence. That's why we're talking about fiber because that's what it is capable of holding right now. And so it's it's both facilitating what's required today, which as, as you rightly pointed out a moment ago, we've taken a massive leap forward in our understanding of the importance of connectivity in the last number of years. We've seen this in our industry. We've matured quicker than we had projected. We didn't think we would be having these conversations for a couple of years, but we knew we had to start building it five, six years ago, absolutely. But now we're here and people are getting it. They're, they're much more tuned and much more educated themselves on, on what's available, how to get it, how to ask for it. Um, and I think that's that ultimately having different fiber wholesale providers. We, I mean, the Tishik has kind of come out recently and said that, that we want to be a technological leader in the world. And key to that is having a good infrastructure, which both entices companies to come into the country and also allows their, their employees to work in this hybrid model, which I think we all can kind of see is, is here to stay. Yeah, absolutely. I would love to hear from you at home. Do you have fibre? Uh, are you one of the people, many, many people around the country sitting, watching out the window for when fibre rolls by? Uh, email techtalk at newstalk.com. Uh, Bakina Mahani of Syro, thank you so much for taking us through all of that. I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Jess. Thanks for having me. Tech Talk. On News Talk. With One Sonic. High definition audio noise cancelling headphones designed in Ireland. Visit onesonic.com. Techtalk at newstalk.com is the email address as ever if you want to get in touch. Uh, a lot of people have been emailing in with their consumer queries to consumer at newstalk.com, which is great. In the last few weeks, we've helped people get refunds on tickets. We've helped people get issues resolved with service providers. Uh, we have been working away in the background. So that email address, again, is consumer at newstalk.com. Um, and I'm delighted to say we're going to talk about Christmas yet again, uh, this time focusing in on a gaming gift guide. It's something that we do every single year. And as ever, John Riley, the editor of TheEffect.net, is with us. John, how are you? Great, Jess. How are you? I'm good. I kind of can't believe that it's this time of year again. It doesn't feel like that long ago since we were doing it this year, like last year. It's bonkers. Yeah, no, like of all years, this one just seems like it should have been at half price or something because it just didn't <laughs> feel like you got full value. Like it was just bananas. How, how quick. Yeah, we were talking about the new consoles last year mm -hmm. and we're already a year in. So, yeah, it is a bit mental. It's funny, though, because you mentioned the new consoles. And one of my big questions last year as we were doing this gift guide is where can someone get their hands on the consoles? And here we are again. And my first question is, can anybody get their hands on the new consoles? Yeah, that's the thing. We don't want your listeners to think they're listening to the same show from last year because unfortunately <laughs> the, the response is going to be the same, which is really kind of crap for a lot of people out there that are you know on the hunt for themselves or for, for wherever it may be um, to get one of the new Xbox consoles or the PS5. So unfortunately, just as we spoke about throughout the year and even really what caused last year's shortages were was this global chip shortage that's not just affecting games consoles but electronics in general and even cars you know modern cars are so smart with all their different technologies and the kind of computer systems that they themselves are being delayed in a kind of weird knock-on effect because of it uh, so uh, long story i guess a uh, long story short this year 
not only in Ireland, but globally, people are finding it pretty difficult to get one of the new consoles. So it, it, it's a tough one. You know, if, if your listeners are really on the ball, and my recommendation to a lot of people that ask me this question about looking to pick up one of the consoles is to always keep an eye on the social media out of the outlets you're kind of looking to buy from. And even just look, keep an eye on all of them, like Smith's, GameStop, Harvey Norman. Uh, you know, these guys are the ones that are going to get the big stock in before Christmas comes in, if anyone else. Um, so they really are your best bet to keep an eye on those social media networks. Yeah, it, it is worth doing. Um, you can set up alerts and stuff like that as well. So if and yeah. when it does become available, but you do have to be ready to pounce the second it becomes available. And it's so frustrating. And I've spoken to so many gamers. I know that even Santa is struggling to get them. Um, so it is, it's so disappointing because we've spoken about so many titles this year. That would be great to play on the new consoles, but um, fingers crossed next Christmas uh, we, we will have a better story for you. Um, so moving away from, from the stock of the consoles, let's talk a little bit about um, some of the games for the consoles. So whether that is PlayStation or Xbox, and then we'll get to my beloved Switch uh, thereafter. Yeah, so like it's been a good year no matter what even for the current gen or should i say the previous gen of consoles because a lot of the big big games that have come out this year um have kind of been cross-generational so you've been able to play them on the ps4 or the xbox one and also then get nice graphical upgrades on the ps5 or the new series x and s consoles so kind of looking at the ps5 though you know this really did have a standout year kind of in the last couple of months with exclusives that are um that were only available on the PS5 uh, for the people that were lucky enough to get one. So the first one that really, you know, struck home with a lot of fans was called Deathloop. And I think we touched on it previously in, in a kind of a summary piece earlier on in the year. And this is from Arcane Studios. And these guys kind of have made some really fan favorite classics like the Prey franchise and the Dishonored franchise. So this one is kind of a, a weird play on Groundhog Day where you kind of have to re- re- constantly relive the same day over and over, but you're an assassin trying to take down this group of, of kind of elites. And, uh, you know, it sounds a bit mad, but it's been getting rave reviews. You know, we've had a great time playing it on the site, too. And, you know, this is one if you have a PS5, you're kind of foolish not to pick up because it's, it's such good fun. Yeah, I should mention, actually, if anybody wants to read reviews of the games before you go out and buy, obviously, we're going to talk through them now. But uh, the effect.net, the guys over there, like John's entire team, they review the games in depth. So you get a good sense of what you can expect. There's often screenshots and so on. So it's a good place to go and take a look. Um, another PS5 exclusive that you're recommending is Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Yeah, this one was one of the first kind of true next generational titles to come to the PS5. So it wasn't even playable on the PS4 purely because of the features the developers Insomniac Games put into the game. You know, these new consoles have super, super fast hard drives. And for your listeners, what that means is basically no load screens and the ability to kind of jump between worlds, basically. So these new worlds in this kind of space uh, traveling title of space adventure load instantaneously so you know ratchet and clank is a is a, is a ps5 console veteran at this stage and it's it's been 12 years since we got the last major full-length installment in in the in the franchise so now we've got this brand new title that came out this year just for ps5 as i said and it's you know it's an absolute blast i always talk about these you know the ratchet and clank games each time they come out as playable pixar games in inverted commas we know but like when you see this game in action you really think you're playing one of the latest pixar movies because the visuals are that impressive it's a really good fun story and as, as you said our full review is on the site I had a great time playing it earlier on in the year and I think anyone that got a PS5 has to check this game out Okay that is a it sounds like a five star review or a very very high review um, from John Riley of TheEffect.net uh, John let's talk about Xbox games I, I'm so happy to see that our beloved uh, Forza Horizon 5 is on your list Yeah I, like there's no doubt about it that this is going to make the list and I know we spoke quite recently about this title Mm -hmm. because it only came out quite recently about a month ago but it really is one of the standout showcase pieces for the the Xbox consoles this year both the you know the Xbox One and also the brand new Xbox consoles from you know from from last November so it's playable across both and on PC if you're a PC gamer and also Xbox's own cloud streaming technology called xCloud so you've got a breadth of, of, of options there for people that want to jump into this new kind of title set in Mexico you know this game was huge when it launched back in November it had like 10 million players kind of jumped in in its first week alone and you know the reviews were off the charts you know there's a website I always kind of look at and some people don't really hold it that in high regard but it's called Metacritic. 
it kind of does an aggregate of all the reviews from across the internet and gives you a kind of an overall average score and it's sitting up at like 92% out of like 100 reviews so you know the consensus is there that this game is your standout and you know people that are fans of racing games that are a fan of good music and just kind of switching off and as you've always said bubble gum for the brain or chewing gum for the brain this is hands down one of the best games you can play on the new on both the new Xbox and you know owners of the original Xbox can pick it up too yeah I was playing it again last weekend and it is just pure joy and you know even if you don't want to do the race and I know some people do love the races but you can't just drive around you can just roam around and complete little missions and I don't know I'm a big fan I, I absolutely love it so that's one of my uh, top game recommendations of the year as well um, next on your list is Halo Yes, so Halo Infinite, the, the one of the most iconic first-person shooter titles, not just on the Xbox, but in, in gaming. This finally, finally launched to the general public um, this week, actually. It came out on the 9th, oh, let me get this correct now, I think the 9th or the 8th of December. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, this has been delayed a year. It was meant to originally launch, as I said, in one of your previous shows last year when the new Xbox series consoles come out. But finally... Gamers have it in in their hands. We're currently working on our in-depth review as we speak, so it will be on the site soon. But again, already early early um, reactions are hugely positive, and everyone's kind of going. It's the classic uh, situation of delaying something, give it a chance to be good rather than rushing it out and for it forever being bad. You know, so this is you know a really good. Um, a depiction of this you know we, mm-hmm. we spoke about cyberpunk 2077 last year it's already a year since that game came out and it's it's still only finding its feet it's been updated throughout the entire year but when that game launched it was a mess so i think halo you know this is just after uh, you know this is just around when halo itself was meant to be launching and they saw this and probably saw alarm bells and said we cannot be the next cyberpunk title we need to be halo as everyone loved and remembers as a child and even you know new fans need to experience something special so finally it's out it's getting rave reviews already that's halo infinite as i said and again you know microsoft looking after its consumers it's available on the original xbox one and playable on the new consoles the series s and x along with pc and also you can stream it in the cloud by xcloud so really good options there for gamers but a a really fantastic first person shooter yeah i love that there are the options to play them on the older consoles the newer consoles and pc as well so as john said great options there Um, Let's turn our attention briefly to Nintendo. We know that the OLED uh, console came out earlier in the year, but we have two game recommendations here for the Nintendo as well, do we? Or just one, actually, sorry, just one. Yeah, we've, yeah so as you said, the new OLED N- Nintendo came out in October there, and that's a really great you know, alternative for people that are kind of looking for a console for their kids that haven't really specified the PS5 or the Xbox, but want a really good, fun... You know, the Switch has sold nearly 90 million units, so it's one of the most popular consoles of all time already. But this new OLED model has a bigger screen, better display basically than the 2017 model and just you know solid battery and has all these titles that are only playable on switch which includes metroid droid so listeners may or may not know the metroid franchise it's one of the most famous kind of side-scrolling shooter franchises to kind of be on these nintendo consoles and this is the latest installment making its way to the switch console so as i said metroid droid it doesn't really have 4k visuals it's a bit more old school as i said as it's a side scroller rather than a kind of a 3d world environment but rare reviews we personally haven't i got the chance to review it yet in the site but you know if you're if you're a switch player and you, you know there's a switch player in your family that wants a new title that you know that's they can get their teeth stuck into this is you know, one of the highly one of the most highly rated titles on exclusive to the top to the console this year brilliant stuff and you have some multi-platform games as well yeah so this one is i'm not sure if we spoke about this earlier in the year but it's called it takes two and it's from a studio called Hazelight Studio. They're semi-small, not your big hitter now, not a AAA studio, but it's across, you know, it's available on PC, Xbox One, PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, and Xbox Series consoles. Um, so it's like, it's, it's everywhere really. So it's a multi-platform title, but you know, me and my twin, it's one of those old school titles that you kind of don't see around nowadays. The, the, the kind of couch co-op titles. You know, mm-hmm. everyone's, everyone's playing online now and that's fantastic. But you know, it's good to go back to the, the old days where you're, well, to be honest, you can play this both beside your friend on the couch or also online, you know, with, the, your, you know, with him in his house and my, me, myself in my house. That's how my twin did it. And we, you know, we played it. It's a really good, fun, incredibly creative title of you kind of controlling, controlling this couple, a, a, a husband and wife who are kind of having a midlife, or not a midlife crisis, but going through a separation as such, or kind of deciding what to do with their kind of relationship. And our daughter gets very emotional, creates two kind of little dolls about them and 
because of magic, like anything else, they become the dolls and they must fight and work together, really, to, to kind of get through the levels around this massive house. Think of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, but Honey, I Shrunk the Parents, where you're kind of <laughs> making your way around the garden, around the sitting room, around the bedroom, but with incredibly creative kind of gameplay mechanics, be it for shooting, sliding, jumping, you know, it's all cooperative, and yeah, I couldn't, I can't sing its praises enough. As it's called, it takes two, and you know, it could be fantastic for Christmas Day on the couch, which which your significant other, or even with with your kids, to give it a go. It's it's really good fun. Okay, and that's available on PC, Xbox One, PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X and S as well. Um, so that one does sound good. And then the final game recommendation is Resident Evil Village. Yeah, one of the most iconic kind of horror, you know, scary and in inverted comma titles or franchises of all time. Resident Evil Village came out earlier this year. It's kind of like the eighth most significant installment in the franchise. And again, absolutely rave reviews, stunning visuals, as scary as you're going to get, but a really good storyline. Um, some iconic characters already, like an eight foot woman. That's all I need to say. You know, this mm-hmm. when they showed her first, she's she you know, she stood out as someone that you like you don't mess with, and one of the villains in the title. And as it's as as the name suggests, it's set in this incredibly creepy village. And you must kind of fight your way out of this mansion uh, to take on the hordes of, of demons and enemies and kind of work your way into the in, you know, around uh, all the different predicaments you get yourself in. I'm, I'm not giving away too much, obviously, because it's it's kind of very story driven and I don't want to spoil it for anyone. But looks the part, again, playable both on the older generation consoles and the new consoles, along with PC and even Google Stadia. So you can stream it with the, the Google Stadia streaming platform. So, yeah, a, kind of a standout ho- a horror title or scary title for your listeners, if that's something they're into as well. Awesome. So they are the gaming title recommendations from John. Um, but you also have some accessories because if you're not into gaming or, you know, if you, if you don't feel confident enough in selecting a game for somebody as a gift, uh, there are accessories and other things that you can get for the gamer in your life. Yeah, so we spoke, you know, spoke a bit now during this about the mobile gaming and cloud streaming of, of these games. You know, as I said, Xbox have xCloud, PlayStation have PlayStation Now. And also, you know, there's Google Stadia and whatnot. So there's this, there's there's new devices coming out that you can attach to your mobile phone to basically turn it into a controller as such. So you, you snap on two parts. It's called this. What I'm trying to talk about is the Razer, Razer Kishi. So that's K-I-S-H-I. So it's like a, a, a controller that's been cut in two that you actually mount on either end of your phone whilst it's on its side. Uh, it's coming in about 69 euro, 70 euro, and it goes up to about 90 euro. It's on offer in a few places. So if you kind of check the likes of GameStop and whatnot, they should have it but you know it's a really really good way of you know people that aren't fans of, you know of gaming on their phone using the touch screen which i personally am into either because it's just you don't get the control you need for certain titles this device pops on either end of your phone and turns it into a controller with a screen built in basically your smartphone so it's a really good way to play gaming on the go that's a really clever design i like that a lot um next we we often talk about the soundtrack of games as you know i'm a huge fan of when a soundtrack really adds to a game and even when the dialogue when you can hear it and when it really it does add an extra layer of excitement I suppose into games and you've got an option for upgrading and giving the sound of your games a bit of a boost yeah because like so many times you know people are are content with kind of using the tv speakers or even just headphones for their titles but there is some massive games out there with some great soundtracks and great scoring kind of you know orchestral really you know impactful you know they add another level of immersion to a title so for the gamers out there that really want to kind of you know, create this other level of, of immersion. You've got this uh, Panasonic, now the name is a bit tricky, but it's the Panasonic SC-HT-B01. But I think their kind of, their catchphrase for it is called the Sound Slayer Gaming Speaker. So this isn't cheap. Now it's coming in at about 249 or £250 on amazon.co.uk. It's an exclusive on the website, but you know, this really packs all the bells and whistles for that gamer in your life. It's a gaming focused soundbar first and foremost. So it's got a subwoofer built in and it's compatible with Dolby Atmos. So it sounds like it might take up a whole shelf in your unit, but it's actually quite compact if you actually look at it. And, you know, it offers pass through or, you know, you're able to connect your, your latest consoles, be it the PS5, the, the Xbox series consoles, or even the older consoles directly to the soundbar to get, you know, this incredible 2.1 channel audio. And, you know, you've got the latest bells and whistles, as I said, the Dolby Atmos uh, kind of recreation for the, th- you know, the 360 degree immersive sound. So I think it'd be a really nice present for someone that wants to add that extra oomph to their gaming, that extra, you know, base punch mm-hmm. yeah absolutely that does sound like a good one um, you mentioned it there a second ago but the um, subscription services and the different ways that people can access games I think this is such a brilliant innovation I know it sounds really basic but I do think they're brilliant but you can buy people uh, essentially game passes to get access to content 
Yeah, so, you know, Xbox has really been leading the charge on this over the last couple of years. And I, we've mentioned this a number of times on your show. There's this called, for any gamer in your life that has an Xbox, there's, they may have this already, but if not, you can you kind of sweeten the deal by giving them a 12-month subscription. It's called Xbox Game Pass, or there's also a kind of a, a more expensive or a higher tier model or, or version called Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. So it starts at $9.99 and goes up to $12.99 for the Ultimate package. And you can get these gift cards in your local GameStop, your, your Smiths or whatever, for three to six or even 12 months. And they're basically just a code that you, you, your gamer will be able to you know, scrape off the back, put into their console, and this will give them access to like 100 games for, for a year. If you get the 12-month subscription or even the six months, six months they've got access to over 100 games to download to play on their consoles. But if you, you if you go for the ultimate subscription for the twelve ninety nine euro a month offer, you get this is where we unlock the game streaming capabilities, the X Cloud capabilities. So that gamer then can log in to their Xbox account on their phone, on their laptop, wherever it may be, and play any of these games that they like on their on their device, their portable devices. So if the TV's taken over at Christmas by whatever the, the Christmas movie marathon, the gamer can log into the to the family tablet or into his own phone or their their own phone, her own phone, and play these kind of Xbox titles. You know, you know, Halo Infants it has been added day one, a brand new title. Forza Horizon Five is on there. You know, I you know. If you go on Twitter and kind of Google or on Twitter and search for this or even Google, you'll see that all gamers out there going, yeah, Xbox are offering the best value in gaming right now with this subscription model. Yeah, I, I think it's it's great value and I think any gamer would really appreciate it. So that is a great option. Uh, lastly, uh, if someone doesn't want to gift a big speaker to make the games even louder, you have a headset alternative. Yeah, so you know, if you want to kind of let them kind of uh, shoot away to their heart's content in the first-person shooter, or, you know, turn up the soundtrack to Forza Horizon Five or whatever game they're listening to to eleven. We've got this, you know, Turtle Beach Recon Two Hundred Gen Two, and I think all these gaming headsets have ridiculous names mm -hmm. just to 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 attract the gamers out there. But this is a really good, powerful headset from Turtle Beach. They're one of the most popular kind of gaming headset or gaming. Um, accessory manufacturers out there. So this is only $59.99 on Smiths. And you know, this has got a 12 hour battery life. You've got, you know, it's a really good headset that you connect to any controller really. It works for PlayStation and Xbox and even PC. And it's got a microphone built in for people that like to game online. And you can adjust the volume of both your voice in the headset then so you can hear yourself talking. So you can, if you're doing some kind of online tutorials with your friends or online kind of battles with your friends, this can let you kind of, so you're not shouting the house down. You can hear how loud you're being. So little things like that make all the difference. And as I said, Turtle Beach are one of the best out there. And our Recon 200 Gen 2 headset is a really good offer here for just 59 99 Awesome stuff. Um, one thing very briefly before we go is that a lot of people will be hoping for a new console um, from a loved one or from Santa. One of the top tips to, if you can, if you can contact Santa and if you can get it, your hands on it a few days beforehand and run any updates that need to be done, but also the games, because it can take a little while, can't it? That's correct, Jeff. If, 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 if you tell Santa what games you're after, he might be able to kind of make sure that they're all up and running before you get playing yourself. So it saves you, you know, the, the, the internet might not be the fastest in some people's houses so that it gives Santa the chance to do the updates on his end so that when, he, when you're setting it up on Christmas Day or whenever it may be, your game is ready to go and to jump into uh, rather than having to wait for things to download. But absolutely, it's a great tip. Awesome stuff. John Riley, editor of TheEffect.net. As always, thanks so much for joining us here on News Talk. Thanks a million, Jess. And that is all we have time for this week. If you missed any of the show, you can, of course, listen back in full on the News Talk app powered by GoLoud. I'll be back with Shane and Kira on News Talk Breakfast on Monday morning. But in the meantime, enjoy the rest of your weekend.